Down the rabbit hole, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we record this podcast on. We acknowledge their continuing connections to the land, culture, and community. We pay respect to elders past, present, and future, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. I kind of want you to put that at the start of the episode, and I kind of don't know if it's a good idea at the same time. I'm still wondering if I just need to leave the call and never, ever join again after that. My goodness. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of Down the Rabbit Hole, the podcast where we try and answer those tough questions our kids ask us. We research the questions and come here to discuss the answers we find and some of the more interesting aspects of the rabbit holes we fall down. Warning, we are not experts on the topics we discuss. Enjoy. I am Carter, and rumour has it, the man joining me today is the inventor of the second time machine. Felix, welcome. Wait, what? The second? (laughs) Who who, who beat me to it? And this week's special guest who can fill Felix in with all the details. Rumour has it, he was the man who cleaned up the mess. Bagel, welcome. Great. So I'm a glorified janitor at this point. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. No, if you've, other seen, options. if you've seen Pulp Fiction, the cleaner is very awesome. Or the blacklist? I've seen Pulp Fiction, of course. Not the blacklist. Today's episode is brought to you by bread. Get some protein into you. Protein. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I bought some I white burger buns the other day and it said what source of protein and oh. protein powder infused bread that doesn't mm. sound dodgy at all brilliant <laughs> i think it's all the weevils <laughs> the weevils so that the listeners can get to know who we are each week we give them the opportunity to ask the three of us a question if you'd like to ask us a question, you can find the link in the form in the show notes below or on our website, rabbitholepod.com. Today's question is coming in from Toby in London. Oh, hello there, chilling chap. I want you to do that and for everyone. And we are now not allowed to record in the <laughs> UK. Nice, nailed it. What do you wish your parents taught you? That's a tough one, Toby. I wish they'd, t- well particularly my dad, I guess, had taught me to shave properly because I nick myself with the razor almost every single time. I do too, but I think my wife tells me that's because I haven't replaced the head in about five years. Yeah, that's that's 100% your fault. You have no one to blame but yourself. Are you good? Um, Not sure. My parents taught me a lot of things. I have scary African parents. I learned a lot of things that most probably didn't. Like how to run away from a mother who's holding a thong who's about to smack the life out of you with it. Life lesson in itself. Yeah, life lesson. Run. Run fast. Your mum was preparing you for running from the lions, right? Well, by that point, we lived in Australia, so I don't I don't think so. The drop bears. kangaroos. I think it's just because think, think we were terrible children. I would say finance, like how to save, but I know I wouldn't listen to them. So it's hard. Because I've also got to be realistic about this, don't I? I'm trying to teach my kids stuff all the time and they just 
glaze over and say, yeah, yeah. There's no point. There's no point teaching your kids stuff. Nah, just leave that to the teachers. <laughs> Takes um, me back to uh, to school lockdowns. No, it was school closures during COVID lockdowns. <laughs> oh, yeah. They expected us to teach. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't think my dad knows how to do this, but I'd like to know how to fix a car. Felix, how was your week? Oh, I have started plucking my grey eyebrow hairs. <laughs> wow. To be that's honest, right. I'm surprised it's taken this long because you're you're grey. Your well, hair is that's, I mean, yes, but, you know, grey, you don't just, you, you, your whole body doesn't go grey at the same time. I was 23 when I first start, got my first greys in my on my head growing out of my head so like i've i've learned to live with greys but when you get a few randoms growing out of your eyebrows it's really an unattractive sight so i have borrowed my wife's little tweezer things and i'm plucking them oh that sounds awful growing old gracefully i mean i started having white patches in my beard so i kind of just accepted that i'm going to be gray pretty soon you know, yeah, they it came later. Yeah, they can um they last a while before the, the rest fills out. Yeah, well, unfortunately the rest has started to fill out as well, which my lovely girlfriend loves to point out when she sees them. <laughs> I think it was your grandpa hoping... who went grey overnight, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. I'm pretty sure he went grey overnight in like his early thirties or something. Although parachuting out of a plane will do that. Apparently silver foxes are in though. This is true. This is true. Um, my my wife says that I uh, she called me distinguished. Ah, uh, yes, the distinguished. Yes, yes and actually, yes. I think people take me more seriously. I sound like I know what I'm talking about when I'm grey because you, I think I'm, you've got a I'm, window. So you you at first you go distinguished when you're salt and pepper or you know a bit more than salt and pepper on your case. <laughs> Very salty right now. <laughs> little little more salt, little less pepper. <laughs> But then you just become invisible from what I understand. You get to an age where this this is from people who are older. They say that they just feel like they're invisible. So I think that's, that's going to be you soon, Felix. Oh, right. cop that one. <laughs> I'm almost there. Bagel, how you're was your basic, week? You're, you basically don't exist at this point is what he's saying. No, no, no. I, I might have another few months. Yeah. <laughs> he gets it. Bagel, he gets how was it. your he's yeah, it's been pretty good. We've just been working really, really hard recently with this new job. Uh, it's uh, lots of uh, lots of learning and some very, very late late finishes. But yeah, just working hard. Well, I have already become the invisible man. How was your week, Carter? <laughs> <laughs> Loser. Sorry, had to. How many times have you... <laughs> my? How many times have I what? Called me a loser. Um, uh, I'm not actually offended. Uh, it's just I. <laughs> It's only once an episode. I think it is once he an feels, episode. He feels <laughs> quite personally attacked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my my son's started calling me a loser. He does it with the, oh, the L yeah. on the forehead. That was very I mean, in the 2000s. It's, it's begun. <laughs> it's begun. I know. It's too early for my liking. Mm. <laughs> when would you like I think it's better from a, what an eight-year-old than it is from a 13-year-old. I don't know. It has, it has the same meaning, doesn't it? it? It's still talking back to your parents and just not listening. Just not listening. 
My wow, you really, been are, you really are becoming an old father. Sorry, just threw you under the bus again. <laughs> I I am. I am. I just really don't want to hear about how your week was, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, I actually haven't been doing too much this week. So oh, you'll be happy to know that my injury is a little bit better this week. So hopefully fully fit marathon, here we come. Oh, early days. If you started I still the think Pilates, this is the worst idea ever. Six hours. It's not going to be that bad. I haven't started. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you two and a half hours in how you feel about that exact comment there. It will be terrible. <laughs> I understand that, but I'm. It's one day. I, it's on my bucket list. If I don't do it this year, what am I going to keep? I'm going to keep on putting it off until I'm fully fit. I'm just never going to happen. Clearly. No, see what you should do is if you if you play it right, you convince your kids to do it with you, and then it's like a father son event where you a, call it a bonding moment. Yeah, no, it also I means you can push it, it off like first. means you can also push it off like what twenty years. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna hurt a lot more in twenty years. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna hurt a lot regardless of when he does it, <laughs> especially if it's no training. I hate to break it to you. Nah, I think I think it'll be fine. I'll um live stream it. <laughs> I'm 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 done. Can I I'll I'll come on a bike behind you and just video the whole thing. Maybe <sighs> we can do like a rocky training montage. And I'll come behind you on like a bike with a spatula. Have you seen Run Fat Boy Run? Um no, but I can picture someone. Yeah, it's gonna be me on a bike with the spatula just smacking you as you just have to run. I I'm not going to be able to pronounce it properly, so I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say Pacer. I just can't do the phlegmy at the end. Pacer. I, I feel like I'm doing it wrong, which makes me hesitate, and I'd just rather say Pacer. So like pencil. Yeah. Um, Cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Pacer is the Jewish term for what Christians call Passover, and it's a festival that celebrates... Jewish people's liberation from slavery in Egypt. And it literally, Pesach translates to Passover, which is where during the festival, they used to paint their doors with the blood of the sacrificed lamb to please the gods. And the gods wouldn't take their children. They would only take the Egyptian children. So that's always a fun fact. So, oh, gosh, this is quite dark. Off to it a gets dark better. start. It gets better. You no, know, just so there's obviously a sacrificing that kicks off the festival. It's like they sacrifice the lamb at the start. Is that like a community thing? And they sacrifice the lamb and then each person goes and gets some blood and paints it on their door? They used to do that. Now they have a representation, and I'll, I'll go into that a little bit, but okay. now there's a representation of that lamb, and they don't actually right. eat lamb any longer. But one thing I will say is I was reading a lot of different sources, and they would all have a slightly different take on it, and some would contradict mm-hmm. each other. So if I do say something wrong, it's not because I'm trying to... I didn't do the research or whatever it is. It's purely just because there are so many different versions of the same thing or a similar Mm. thing. And even with Passover, the painting of the doors, that's one aspect of it. But then there's also focuses more on the liberation rather than that passing over. In fact, the rabbit hole I went down was pretty much related to the food. So that will be good. We, We like our food. It's unfortunate. And I think what took me down this rabbit hole and got me so focused on it was 
it's not nice food. But anyway, we'll get into that. Really? I I thought it was nice. I'll get into that. <laughs> the parts that I'm talking about are the parts that represent the festival. The feast itself is beautiful, but it's it's these five or six elements to it that actually it's a representation. Anyway, I'll get to that. Okay. So Pesa is held in the month of Nisan in the Hebrew calendar, which is March or April in the Gregorian calendar, which is the one that most of us know and use. The festival in Pesa goes for seven or eight days, depending on which subgroup you belong to in the Jewish community. The main difference is the first evening is a feast, and sometimes that feast goes for two days. So that's, that's what determines whether it's seven or eight days, but we'll just go with the eight days for this chat. Mm. Right. One of the rules of Pesach is that uh, no leavened foods may be consumed. And leaven is a substance that, and which is typically yeast that is used in dough to make it rise. It also extends to things like legumes, which swell. So they, they've actually expanded the meaning. So they're not able to have legumes, not able to have rice. beer, not able to have rice. None of these things they're allowed to have during the week of Pesach. Mm. Right, I'm following. So this means that only matzah can be eaten in a replacement of bread. Matzah is described as an unleavened flatbread. However, when I think of flatbread, I think of moist, soft, bit of bread, a bit of garlic dip, maybe some kofta, <laughs> some hummus, and we are set. And I'm drooling just thinking about it. That actually no. sounds really Matzah is more like a salada biscuit, which any Australian child would probably be well aware of for their lunches at school. So, Felix, for our overseas listeners, do you want to describe what a salada biscuit is like? Very dry, thin cracker. Yeah, I believe it's actually pronounced cardboard. Yeah, that's... (laughs) They do add salt, so it's it's salted cardboard. Great, salted cardboard, love it. That pretty much describes it well. So I have no idea why we're using a description of a different food to describe Munza, but it seemed like a pretty good era at time. And that actually <laughs> sums it up pretty well. So I think everyone knows what we're talking about now. Actually, I, I did have a recipe that required me to put them in the other day. So what, what did you call it? Salatas, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but the recipe called for saltines. Yeah. So they've... saltines might be... Better known to. Okay. Uh, I was trying to look at the American version and the British version, but I just, I couldn't, I was getting a whole lot of other like biscuits and things like that. We always get a few boxes of matzah at Pesa. And I will say, although it doesn't compare to Middle Eastern banquet, it is pretty good with some marge, Vegemite and cheese. Like saladas. Like saladas. But there's just something about matzah with Vegemite and cheese. Oh, yeah, so good. They probably, when they, when, they, when they first came up with matzah, they were probably like, oh, you know what we need? We need this brown substance that tastes really salty to go on top. Black <laughs> substance. Is it, is it black or brown? Uh, d- I, I guess it depends on how thinly you spread it. A deep brown, very deep brown. I would say Vegemite is black. I would say maybe a... Uh, Marmite might be brown. Yeah, no. yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> just for the connoisseurs out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that was what they're intending. And sorry to anyone I've offended by that, especially since Vegemite is made from dead yeast. But anyway, oh, yeah. you I'm not, I don't think it's kosher. 
Could right. Not. So I mm. think we're terrible humans again. Well, mm. you don't do it, so you're fine. I also have it year round, not just in Pesa. So Vegemite or matzah? Both, actually. Oh, mm. Vegemite every morning. <laughs> Oh, there's also a thing that you can, uh, I keep on reading about, which I, I think I've tried a couple of times, but it's been a while, and that's matzo soup. And that, that combination just seems really weird, this dry biscuit in soup. But the really traditional Jewish people won't have that because it's in soup, it swells. And so that goes against what has meant to happen in Pesa. Yeah. Okay. So the reason that matzo is eaten during Pesa is to symbolize both the Hebrew suffering while in bondage to the Egyptians and the haste with which they left Egypt. Pesach is often celebrated with a celebration on the first night with a special family meal and it's called Seder. And I have been told off for how I say this, so I, I'm going to just continue with Seder. <laughs> I am pretty sure we pronounce most things in on our podcast incorrectly. I'm just going to blame it on the English accent. Sorry, the Australian yeah, accent. Um, however, that's insensitive, isn't it? But I, I am trying. Insensitive um, to Australians? No, to be that, that blasé and not try. But I am trying. Um, I can see there's like there's pain you're working up a bit of a sweat there. At Seder, foods of symbolic significance commemorating the Hebrews' liberation are eaten. And this is what I was talking about before, about these foods are the ones that aren't particularly satisfying. And prayers are said and traditional stories are told, I think is the best way to say it. Uh, And once again, this is where I've read it one way and then I've talked to my mother-in-law and she's said that it's a completely different way. I think it really depends on what your traditions are in your family and your extended family. And and from what I understand, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak for all Jews, but extended family, when we talk about a family feast, this is cousins, second cousins. It's a really big community thing where everyone comes together, but every I think it seems like a lot of communities have their own way of celebrating this. The main focus is about remembering where they come from and what they've gone through to to get to. I guess right. if you if you think about uh, if you think about the re- religion and culture, it goes back thousands and thousands of years, right? So it's not mm. surprising that you've got divergent cultures and and ways of celebrating. Yet at the same time, you've still got this one festival. That's right. And then I, I find that they're also very progressive in a lot of the things that they say. So they're willing to look at things in a different way to match the current era, whereas other cultures aren't necessarily as willing to do that from what I understand or from what I've seen. Mm, right. Once again, that's just my interpretation. Traditionally, the dinner starts with a blessing over a wine cup. And this is the first of four wine cups to be blessed throughout the dinner. And there's in the middle of the table, there's a ceremonial plate that traditionally has a number of bowls containing different food products, each representing something related to the festival. Right. The contents, and once again, this links to slight changes. The contents seem to change depending on the source of where I look, but there were certainly some themes. One I thing. I thought you were saying source, like whether you use a bechamel or. Are you, do you mean Bechamel? Hollandaise. Did you just, did you just call it a Bechamel it? sauce? 
What was that? I don't know. I didn't put it through my Google pronunciation tool. Bechamel. Bechamel sauce. Anyway, one thing I was reading. I promise next time I'll call it Bechamel. Oh, it literally pains me to hear that. Am I pronouncing Hollandaise correctly? Holland. One thing I was reading was suggesting that this is primarily due to what was fresh and plentiful at the time. So I mentioned before this was about the Passover of the God or whatever it was that the Passover. Sorry, I didn't actually get too much into that. Uh, There was the celebration of the Exodus, but then there was also, this is around springtime in the Northern Hemisphere. And so it's about the celebration of plentiful things and the incoming grain and crop. Mm, Which you see in a lot of, a lot of cultures, actually. A yeah, lot of cultures. Absolutely. It's, um, see, Aussies, Aussies aren't quite the same. We, we celebrate things like horse races in spring and, uh, and Queen's birthday, which doesn't even fall at that time of year anyway. So, a king's birthday now. Oh, yeah, that's true. It'll be our first. We haven't done a king's birthday yet. No, under Charlie. Shortly after, I think. Yeah. Under Charlie. Who knows? We might be a Under republic Charlie. by then. <laughs> Ooh, true. By, by October. Ah, fingers crossed. Hang on, is October the Queen's birth, King's birthday, or is it June? I, 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 I don't know which one's which. It's June. June. Okay. Spring. Oh no, spring. We just call it some random holiday. I don't know. Labor Day. Oh, you Victorians, you just celebrate sports though. Not only do you have the Melbourne Cup. But you've got the grand, grand final. final. Yeah. Are you a salty boy about me getting more public holidays? I think you I think are. It's the same number of public holidays. I think they get um, one more. Actually, I think then, New South then, Wales get less. Then what are you? One what are you complaining about? What? You got to celebrate like... something real, like the monarch. Boxing. <laughs> what? No, no, no. The boxing for me is definitely a far more reasonable reason to have a day off. It might be. I think they should take really? off one of the. Actually, let's take off one of the days off both of the really Christian holidays. So we've got two four day weekends. Let's take off one day from Easter and one day from Christmas. Reallocate them through the middle of the year, preferably. I mean, with consultation with the First Nation people. But, you know, just a leaning towards the middle of the year because there is a big gap. And. Actually, like maybe one First Nation holiday and one multicultural holiday. Because let's face it, we've got a lot of white European holidays here. Let's mix it up a little bit. Well, we do We do have three saints crosses on our flag. Yeah, I mean, don't get me started on that. <laughs> okay. I like it, Carter. That'll be my first thing that I run, you know, for PM4. <laughs> Bit of a tangent there, bit of a rabbit hole, but we come back to the main rabbit hole. A rabbit hole from the rabbit hole. Yeah. Little it. branch. Rabbit rabbit hole branch. Little baby rabbit hole. Okay. We've got a platter on it. We've got about five bowls. And bowl number one. And this is where we were talking about the sources. I just remembered wow. We've come a long way from sources. Went down another rabbit hole, I told you. Oh, I'll be honest, you lost me like fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you got We're so deep down this rabbit hole now I'm so lost We've got a banquet, lots of food In the centre of the table, got a platter On that platter We have five or six bowls 
Now I'm mm-hmm. going to go through the bowls. You have a a wine glass. There's four throughout the night, but the first one has just been blessed. Is this one of the bowls? No, that's separate. Sorry. I... Okay, six bowls and a wine glass. And four wine glasses. But four wine glasses. One has been blessed. The other four get blessed throughout the night. Mm. So the first bowl is a raw vegetable, generally a root vegetable or a leafy vegetable. So, um, well, they call parsley a vegetable, but it's either parsley, radish, celery, beetroot, something along those lines. And it depends on where they are in the world as to what's fresh at the time. Raw beetroot? Apparently. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm a big beetroot fan, but... (laughs) So these aren't meant to be pleasant. They're meant to be a bit bitter. And it seems you can be... you can get bitter from beetroot out of a can. This isn't for comfort. Okay, this is this really is delicious though. Really to remember delicious. where what you've gone through as a Jewish person. Um, gotcha. so this is really gonna wet your whistle. <laughs> the second wine glass. No. Oh. This raw vegetable is dipped in vinegar or salt water. Oh, I like that. And then right. eaten. And this symbolizes the freshness of spring as well as the harshness and slavery endured by the Hebrews. Okay. Right. So once again, I I think this is where it depends on which area you're in and what you're focusing on. And there's a couple of different elements that have come into it, but that's the main things that come up. Mm-hmm. So we talked about, the lamb that was slaughtered. The bowl two is a shank bone. and it's Just the bone. Just the bone. And it's symbolic of the, I wanted to practice this a whole lot more because I can't say it probably, but it's Pashel lamb. I think I've said that wrong. I'm sorry to all the Jewish people out there. And this was the lamb that was sacrificed at the first uh, Pesach. Eaten in the ancients and eaten in the ancient. But so this is just a symbolic representation of that land. So, so what do you do with the bone? It's just there as a symbol. You okay. You don't have to eat it. Okay. That, so the thing that rang to me was that lucky person who gets to cook the shank and then mm. eat it before they get to have lamb shank. Oh, yum. Yum. That's not bad. Not bad. Anyway, I think I'm focusing on the wrong part. <laughs> yeah. This is another interesting one because I've read so many different interpretations of why. The bowl three has a hard boiled egg or a baked egg and it's symbolic of God's love, loving kindness. And according to some, a mournful reminder of the, the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem. Not sure how that is but I, I I couldn't find really the link other than maybe the shell was shattered can shatter like the temple but I must I must have missed that the other thing well, what about, could it could it represent I look well, I don't know anything about it so, but I, I'm I'm just kind of like thinking as we go here but like an egg symbolizes new life and so maybe new life after the Temples destroyed. Oh yes, maybe you're right, but I just don't understand the bake part. Um, I th- I was yep, not sure. 
it could and also I read somewhere it symbolizes the toughness of Jewish people after being put through some pretty as well, horrific strenuous, things. There's, not horrific really, things, there's really yes. no there's really no other way to put it. Like you can't really sugarcoat this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, exactly. Pretty horrific. You've summed that up well. So yeah, that's another interpretation for the egg. Bowl four has um bitter herbs. And it's called Maro. The bitter herbs are dipped into a mixture of crushed fruit and wine. And there's often some um, spices that go along with that, like cinnamon. And those are in the fifth bowl. So you've got the herbs in one bowl and then the, the crushed fruit in another. And that, that signifies... Yeah. yeah that other than really good. bitter herbs. Um, and that signifies the freedom and spiritual progress are the reward of suffering and sacrifice. Do you know what kind of see for some reason? I don't know why, but it kind of reminds me of mulled wine a little bit. Mm, yeah, is that just me, or is no? I'm getting that. That actually would probably in different ratios would definitely. I can get that. Yeah, I mean, you're probably missing the star anise, but star anise. Yeah. Jeez, that 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 just. That's the cherry on top. Pretty sure that's what makes it mulled wine, isn't it? The cherry on top or the star anise. The star anise. <laughs> so there are some new. I thought it was the cinnamon, but <laughs> there are some. I think it's and the, the wine. fruit. There are some new traditions that some Jewish people. <laughs> I was waiting for the next interrupt. <laughs> A bit of a delayed reaction there from Felix. Uh, so there are some new traditions that some Jewish people add to the plate, and I thought I'd just um, add these ones in uh, because I like them, frankly. Uh, and this was only from one source, so I, I don't know how readily it happens, but once again, I just like them. So orange can be added as support of the LGBTQI plus community. Olive in support of peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Hmm. Artichoke in support of interfaith families. Oh. And I'm not sure. I was wanting to look into why artichoke. I didn't quite get there, but it's actually something I want to look into. So maybe it's something I'm missing that's obvious, but I feel like I just want to look into the representation because the other two kind of, well, I'm not sure about the orange, but the olive definitely makes sense. Mm. Uh, and tomato in support of farm workers' rights. So I guess it just depends on what you want to focus on and appreciate as to what you put on the plate. I like it. Mm. All those things are definitely something worth celebrating and look forward to. Indeed. So after the second cup of wine is poured, the youngest child or a group of children stand up and ask four standard questions about the unusual ceremonies with everyone repeating the answers in unison. All people who are selected by the organiser will repeat it rather than everyone in unison. And there's also the the organiser themselves reply to the questions. The questions are, why does this night differ from all other nights? And the answer is along the lines of, for on all other nights, we eat either leavened or unleavened bread. While on this night, we only eat unleavened bread hmm. um, and so this are these these uh questions are they standard questions and the answers are standard answers and everyone memorizes them so they can recite them together so there i actually asked my mother-in-law i, I did a quick call to my mother-in-law because i wasn't quite sure on that because i'm like there's no way everyone would 
be able to recite this back in in unison. And so what uh, my mother-in-law said was that it's often everyone's, if it is everyone to reply, um, opposed to either the organiser or selected people, they're actually given a book and that has the the program on it for the night. Oh, uh, yeah. And it includes the questions and then the responses and either everyone responds or particular people respond. And so, no, it, it's not memorised and... Um, Got it. I suppose seen, some people would, but no, generally it's not memorised. Seen this in the, yeah, my Catholic services... And also the 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 replies they also differed slightly, but they're all along the same lines. Uh, so yeah, so matter is the symbol of our affili- uh, affliction and our freedom. Legend has it that when Moses and his followers fled Egypt, they moved so quickly that the bread they baked did not have time to rise. Ah, so that's where it comes from. So that's where right. it comes from. According to this one source, once again, (laughs) a few sources, a few different things. Again, when you're going back thousands of years, it's it's difficult to get just one straight answer. That's right. On all other nights, so this is question two, on all other nights we eat all kinds of herbs. Why on this night only bitter herbs? And the answer is tradition says that this root is to remind us of the time of our slavery. We force ourselves to taste pain so that we may more readily value pleasure. Right. Which I think there is definitely something to that. You can't experience happiness unless you know what pain is. Third question is, on all other nights, we need not dip our herbs even once. Why on this night must we dip them twice? The first time the salty taste reminds us of the tears we cried when we were slaves. The second time the salt water and the green helps us to helps to remind us the oceans and green plants on the earth from which we get air and water and food to enable us to live. Let us dip parsley and salt water twice. Incredibly symbolic. Yeah, it's very very Absolutely. And it's this whole, like what you're talking about with Ramadan last week, it's a lot about just remembering where you've come from, what you've gone through, and actually spending a week or in Ramadan's case, a month, just focusing on what it is to be a Muslim or what it is to mm. be a, a good person or a good Jewish person or whatever it is, and just focusing on that. And I guess it's like Lent in the, the Catholic faith. True. Mm. And then the last one is also a bit symbolic. Uh on all other nights, we eat either sitting up or reclining. Why on this night do we all recline? And I will read the answer first, and then I'll I'll talk to you about my conversation with my mother-in-law. So the answer is, it goes back to ancient times in Rome when it was custom for rich people to eat while lying on the couch, leaning with one elbow as slaves and servants fed them. The Jewish people thought of this relaxed type of eating as a sign of freedom and prosperity. Makes sense. So that's what it represents, and it makes sense. My mother-in-law was saying that, it's actually, as a kid, when she came from quite a strict household where there was definitely no elbows on the table, but it's to represent that uh, relaxed side of things. So they would often lean to one side or, can you believe it, uh, they were allowed to have their elbows on the table. 
So they used to love having their elbows on the table during dinner and just enjoying this experience that, uh, yeah, uh, completely out of their normal day-to-day lives. It's just occurred to me, Carter, I have had dinner at your mother-in-law's place before. She must have been mortified. My elbows are way too often on the table and I, I know it's not a nice thing to do anyway but i just can't get them off i can't keep them off so comfortable isn't it it's just because <laughs> of your privileged position in society <laughs> right um, down this I, rabbit hole. I often eat with my elbows on the table and i can't tell you i mean how times i've done it but i've never been told off for it so she obviously keeps that deep deep down <laughs> yeah, it's it's a deep seated hatred for you at this point. It seems <laughs> actually maybe that comment was a bit of a hint. <laughs> <laughs> Soon you'll be hearing it from your boys. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she'll be she'll, she'll be, be doing the subliminal messaging through them. Absolutely. They all will then wash their hands, and that's done at the start as well. Then consume matzah and bitter herbs dipped into a mixture of the fruit and wine, signifying the freedom and spiritual progress uh, are the rewards of suffering and sacrifice. At this point, the meal is eaten. Mm, we got there. We got the there. Meal. There's a couple more prayers uh, and then another couple of glasses of wine throughout. So the fourth cup is to acknowledge God's love. But the fifth one, which is not drunk, is in honor of Elijah, whose presence at some future cedar will signify the advent of the Messiah. So that apparently right. Elijah will be at Cedar when the return of God. Ah, makes sense. So the whole ceremony is to explain and remind people of why they are doing what they're doing, but also to, to remind them of what it is to be Jewish and what they've gone through and where they've come. And so that's that's pretty much what Pesach is all about, just just remembering that, I think I've already said that. That is my overview of Pesach, very layman's version, but I think I've got enough to go back to the kids and give them a bit of an education, hopefully. Have your and... kids actually experienced one of these uh, ceremonies or meals or feasts? No, we've been in lockdown. So oh. the last couple of years, we haven't actually been to any of these meals. So this year will be their first one. Yeah, so we'll have to end with Easter soon after. We're just going to have to explain what the difference is between having why you have bitter herbs at one and chocolate at the other, chocolate <laughs> eggs. Maybe the, the chocolate eggs is to sweeten up the t- taste buds. <laughs> so I've got a couple of jokes. We've done, oh, jeez. <laughs> I was going to say, we've done so well at not making jokes when it's a religious one, followed straight up by. So I've got some jokes. Why did the matzah quit his job? No idea. No idea. Be- because he didn't get a raise. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Bagel, if people want to follow you, what's the best way of keeping up to date? If that's the case, just follow me on the Instagram. I'm there, at North Bagel. And Felix, how about you? I am on Instagram at Felix the Newton. Excellent. And if you'd like to follow me, my Instagram handle is at Carter J. Newton. 
Felix and Bagel, thank you for joining us for another episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. Thank you for the listeners for joining us for this episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. Please like, share and subscribe. If you did really like the show, recommend it to a friend. It really does make a difference to get the show out there. You can find our socials on our website, rabbitholepod.com or in the show notes below. We have a form that will allow you to suggest a topic, ask the host a question or suggest a recommendation for Bagel's Next Tattoo. You can find this on our website or in the show notes below. Remember, we are no experts, so if you'd like to connect, condemn or congratulate us, Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and goodbye for now. Okay, thank you, guys. That was uh, another good one. Looking forward to your one next week, Bagel. I got you. I'll do it. I got you, Rabbit Holes of Easter.